The 2022-2023 UMass hockey season is finally here. UMass tied AIC 2-2 in Springfield on opening night. We have all the details for you coming up. Let's go. Everybody and welcome to episode 34 of High Character. Opening day has come and gone, and UMass finishing the tie with AIC Saturday night, two to two. Um, very interesting game. A lot of talking points that we're gonna have. We're just gonna jump right into it. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good pal Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? Doing okay. Definitely feels good to get the first game out of the way. Um, definitely. I don't know. Didn't wasn't the best outcome obviously you always want to come up with a w but you know we get a 2-2 tie not the worst result in the world i feel like i can stomach it and yeah i'm ready to talk about the game yeah and like i mentioned there's a lot of things to talk about we'll we'll uh get right into it first but um seems like at least initial thoughts maybe uh um umass seemed to play well right in the beginning and right at the end but in the middle just kind of a big chunk of uh I don't really know how to describe it. We'll we'll get into like the goal by goal and like the period recap, but just like your initial thoughts, what did you, what did you think might've been happening there? It was a bit frustrating, like just kind of watching it from obviously a, a passionate UMass fans perspective, just like knowing that we had pretty decent chunks of the game where we felt like almost the team from last year, you know what I mean? Like dominating possession, working hard in the corner is just playing really solid hockey. And then, it looked like at times like we couldn't even string a simple pass together. Like it was very, you know, flip floppy in the way that, you know, we were kind of playing. So again, I, I think there was, it was definitely an encouraging performance from the perspective of there were a lot of bright spots to take away, but it was also, I don't want to say disappointing because I feel like most fans expected there to be growing pains. You know, like we've been hearing it from the coaching staff. This is going to take, you know, time to gel, you know, with all the players and everything, but there seemed to be just very simple, not even just like decision-making errors, but just like mechanical mistakes. You know what I mean? Like just slipping on the ice sometimes, like that's going to be a part that I kind of want to talk about, like just in terms of the overall game, like the ice quality seemed a little suspect. And I feel like some of our players kind of had issues dealing with that, but Mm. yeah, it kind of just led to a couple of pretty big, you know, mishaps on the ice that at least stuck out in my mind. But Overall, it was fairly encouraging, you know, like going into the game, I kind of expected it to be a come from behind type of game, which basically it did end up to be, but I was hoping that it would only be a 2-1 victory and not a 2-2 draw, but that's, that's the way these things go. So overall, not too concerned, but there's definitely, as with any team, there's going to be things that we got to polish up on. Yeah. And, uh, let's, let's just jump into it. We, uh, we mentioned in our season preview, a few things. One of them being the lines for the exhibition game last weekend. They ended up looking pretty much the same for this one. Uh, not really anything of no. Uh, Harding was the extra skater, which we thought was pretty interesting. But uh, and we we also mentioned the goalie situation, Pavasic or Cole Brady, who would get the nod. Evan and I were kind of split. I thought it might be Cole Brady. Evan thought it might be Luke Pavasic, but it was Pavasic that led the Minutemen out on the ice, and he he played pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, with those with those questions answered, we start the first and the Minutemen jumped out to a pretty 
pretty nice pace of play. They ended up getting a lot of decent chances, chances that we thought might turn into goals later in the season as the, as the chemistry increases, but overall pretty strong, a lot of speed and they pretty good on the back check. So first half of the first period, all things were looking pretty good. Yeah. The effort was a hundred percent there. I thought the speed was really, really good. We played really hard down low, like, the bigger bodies on the team, like Mercury, Faith, Connors, like those type of big guys were really kind of shining. And I think they were making a lot of solid plays down low. One guy that kind of stuck out was Taylor McCarr. I thought he had a couple of pretty solid zone entries. I thought he was playing really quick around the, like around the net. He came in with a lot of speed a lot of the time. So I thought that was, you know, really encouraging play out of him. And uh, yeah, we definitely looked very solid in those first 10 minutes. And then I don't know if it was a case of just kind of, us losing steam or AIC kind of just waking up a little bit, but it seems like something kind of changed in the second half. Yeah, it was it was almost a tale of two halves of that period. Um, one of the flipping points was a interference call on Kenny Connors. AIC didn't score on that power play, but it did seem like the ice tilted in their direction a bit. And the first period did end scoreless. We move on to the second. Uh, AIC had a lot of pressure. It seemed like UMass couldn't really get any connecting passes not many chances in front of the net. Um, and it, yeah, just did not look good offensively for a little while. And by the end of the second, about uh, two minutes left in the period, Blake Bennett for AIC uh, nets a goal on an odd man rush, a goal that really wasn't Pavisic's fault at all from what we saw. Yeah, I mean, that it, I don't want to immediately kind of blame inexperience on this one, but I did find it interesting that it was Owen Murray and Kennedy O'Connor on D there. Like obviously two guys that haven't played together, you know, they're not really sure exactly, you know, the the chemistry is not there yet. You know what I mean? Like it's going to come, you have freshmen out there on the ice playing important minutes, you know, like that's just the way things work at the NCAA level. You know, you're going to have to have freshmen making big plays at big moments. And it just seemed like a simple communication error, you know, just from kind of looking at it from the stands. Um, you kind of had, I think it was both Murray and O'Connor kind of, you know, coming back, skating backwards towards Pavisic to try and, you know, cut off passing lanes. And they both played the pass where it seemed like O'Connor probably could have stepped up and went for a poke check and just gave it was Blake Bennett. I think he gave, he just gave him a little bit too much space and fair play. It was a nice shot nipped at top corner. Like that's where you want to put it he kind of put Pavisic in a tough spot there, you know, maybe, you know, you, you might expect that save, you know, two out of 10 times, you know, and that's going to be like a 10 bell, you know, windmill save. If that ends up happening, you're probably, everybody's going to be crapping in their pants, you know, saying, holy shit, you know, like what an amazing save. So you can't expect that every time it's a really tough position to be put in. And it sucks that that was kind of the way that, you know, the, the zero zero tie kind of got broken right there. You know, like that was just kind of a real gut punch where, it just seemed like after those first 10 minutes of the first period, you know, everybody was kind of going to UMass's way. Everything was going well. And then we just really up until that point just couldn't seem to reclaim that same sort of momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those miscues that you kind of hope you won't see later on in the season, mm-hmm. like as communication strengthens. Um, but that's how the second period ended one, nothing. And it seemed like more of the same for the third UMass really just couldn't get anything going. Uh, and it paid off for AIC about seven minutes in. Oscar Reshwind scored for AIC to make it 2 nothing. Um, we were on the opposite end of the ice. I didn't see this goal all too well. But, uh, yeah, just another another instance of UMass kind of not really keeping up the pressure, and it bites them. Yeah, it looked like it was just coming off the rush. I think AIC was coming in with a good amount of speed. I couldn't see exactly how it happened, but it looked like it was some sort of cross-crease tip-in. Um, 
it seemed like Pavisic was kind of just being hung out to dry there. There really wasn't much he could have done. It was another kind of diving sellout type of desperation save, but just didn't really go his way. Um, I mean, it sucks. You know what I mean? I think it was another case. Um, I'm looking at who was on the ice for that goal, and it looks like another case of uh, O'Connor and Owen Murray, not to call them out, but I mean, it does seem like net front defense from the third pairing was a little bit lacking in the game, just kind of judging off of who was on the ice at the time of the goal and just kind of how the goal developed. Um, it's just something we got to work on. You know what I mean? And this, this was going to be something that, you know, I, I guess I can bring it up now because it's a little bit relevant, but we are down to most likely starting defensemen right now, like to injury, like Bollinger's out. He's basically our most experienced defenseman at this point with as much time in Carvel's defensive scheme. So having him gone, not helping our case whatsoever on defense, like that's a major blow. And we're also missing Noah Ellis, who had a very, very solid junior junior season last year. He's coming in as a Vegas draft pick. The guy's highly touted. He's supposed to be a very, very solid, really good contributor as a freshman. He's out right now. So seeing, seeing those two guys out and knowing that we're kind of playing on the defensive end a little shorthanded is never a good thing. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of something to kind of take into account with these goals. You know, we take it with a grain of salt as, you know, again, just – I don't want to harp on the same point too much, but experience and time is going to be the key. I'm pretty sure Carvel mentioned that at the end of the, the press conference yesterday. Um, it's just going to be super important. And once these defensive kind of just little miscues kind of get cleared up, I think we're going to be infinitely better because even with all of those defensive mishaps, I think Pavisic was still playing lights out in the front of the net. So that was really encouraging to see. Yeah, absolutely. And that second goal, Seems like it might have lit a fire into the team finally, uh, as Coach Carvel said in his post game. Finally, played with some desperation in the last ten minutes of the game. And it paid off pretty quick. Uh, Twelve, about thirteen minutes into the third period, Josh Nodler, the transfer, nets the very first goal of the UMass season. It looked like a pretty nice shot. Yeah, no, he absolutely sniped that. I mean, it was off of a rebound. I forget who actually took the shot. It was either Lautenbach or Mercury, but uh. It was just one of those kind of net front goals and you get a bounce that goes your way. Like it didn't seem like a lot of bounces were going our way throughout the second and most of the third period. And then when something finally gets our way and we have a very solid opportunity right there, we capitalized it. I think it was bar down. Like it was a beautiful shot. Um, and it looked like, no, there was a little bit kind of off balance too. Like he kind of shot that off of his back foot. So he got a really solid piece of it for being in a little bit of an awkward body position, but uh, yeah, no, super nice goal. Um, and that kind of, when that happened, like, it feels like the ball kind of started to get rolling again. Like the confidence kind of came back for the players. Like, cause I mean, you go two and a half periods of, you know, having flashes of really good hockey. And it looked like in those flashes of good hockey, we could have had a goal or two, you know, mm -hmm. all the credit to Garrett Fisk dude played very solid. You know, he was making some pretty big saves when we were applying a lot of pressure throughout both the end of this third period and the beginning of the first period, you know, he, he had to play lights out to try and, kind of you know put a blanket over the team and kind of you know shut them up a little bit you know like we yeah. were starting to really get some stuff going and he did well enough to try and you know keep us at bay but finally something breaks through and we finally get a goal there mm. yeah and it wasn't long after so they got the second just over a minute later reed lebster buries one and it seemed like umass was all the way back back to two to two with about six minutes to go in the third yeah, and that just shows kind of the confidence that we had on the ice at that point after we got the first goal. Like, that was kind of when the floodgates started to open, at least, like, metaphorically. Like, we just played with a lot more swagger and confidence, like, knowing that 
we are a very highly skilled team at the end of the day. You know, Morrow put on an absolute display in the offensive zone leading up to this goal. He was, you know, hugging the blue line, kind of doing some Kale-like moves. You know, he was doing little shimmy moves. You know, he, he had very, very solid skating. And I think he ended up putting the puck in between a defenseman's legs, skating around him, like leading up into the goal. And it was just an overall nuts play. Like after that happened, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, we have to score here. Like, there's no way we don't. Like you don't just pull off a crazy sports center move like that. And you, that doesn't lead to something. Like that would have been just criminal if it didn't. So I think he kind of just shot the puck in the area. I think it ended up going behind the net at that point. And I think Lautenbach might've put it out in front. And I think Lebster just kind of put it home. It was just one of those really chippy, greasy type goals, but they all count. Yeah, it was Cal Keefuke who put it up in front there. Gotcha. For the, for the primary assists. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, ice tilted. Uh, the rest of the third period, UMass seemed to really have a lot of quality chances, played a lot better than they had for almost the entirety of the game, but it did go into overtime. Um, and this is, we saw a three on three overtime. That's the new standard in college hockey this year. Every game will be three on three with a shootout if it doesn't end there. Um, and I mean, we have our own qualms with three on three hockey. We talked about it, but, uh, definitely some interesting lines for UMass. We saw go out there and I guess it's a strategy that's a lot different from normal hockey, but it's lines that we of guys that we didn't anticipate seeing playing together. Yeah. I was always kind of under the assumption that three on three hockey kind of lends itself to speed. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that like automatically, like, I just thought it was interesting that like, I saw Kenny Connors out there, you know, like that. I mean, I haven't seen him play all that much. This was literally the first game that I've seen, but just like off of my initial kind of, you know, gut thoughts about the team personnel, I could think of players that I would normally immediately pop into my head as, you know, quick, speedy wing type guys that could carry the puck in like that. You know, I think of guys like Keith, you you know, even Makar at times, like even though he's a bigger dude, he shows a lot of speed. So I just thought some of the personnel was a little bit interesting because it seems like, three on three hockey is just very possession speed based. You know, you really just want to get into the zone and get things going. So, I mean, I guess once you kind of have the puck, Connors could work his magic in the, in the, I guess, in the metaphorical paint, if you would, you know, like just around the front of the net. So, cause he is that type of player. He's a big kind of power forward type dude, but um, yeah. And that, that three on three overtime period. I mean, I, I'm not sure if I touched upon it yet, but just the ice quality, it seemed at that point, like I don't even think they did a Zamboni in between. Like they didn't, I couldn't even see a simple, like a, a shovel crew coming out. Like I was seeing piles of snow out in front of the nets, you know, for most of the game. Like that's just not what happens at, at Mullins. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to like blame anything on it, but we had moments in the, in the defensive zone trying to make a big pass out front where guys were just slipping right next to the boards. And it's just like, there's no way we're that bad at skating. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're D one athletes. There's no way that you're just randomly going to fall down. Like, so I had, I had some qualms about the, about the ice quality, especially later on in the game, because we just had, you know, a couple of random slips. It was looking like peewee hockey at moments. Like it was very suspect. And again, even just to not even talk about like slips and stuff like that, like there were some questionable passes and turnovers. It seems like there was just simple kind of miscommunications on, you know, if you're trying to lead somebody on on a pass and then they just do a random cut up ice and then the puck is 20 feet away from them. It's like, guys, we got to work on those things. You know what I mean? Like there was a couple of moments where Pavicic completely bailed us out mm. off of major defensive zone turnovers like that. I'm pretty sure Morrow had one. I think Ofco had one or two. So just just got to do better. You know what I mean? In those types of really important overtime situations where one mistake is all it takes. You know, that's where we got to really tighten up the most. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's the overtime is so important. Like it's an extra point if you're in conference play. Um, obviously, it doesn't mean as much out of conference, but uh, yeah, it seemed to, at least to me too that UMass was very sloppy. And I don't want to imply that they don't practice three on three. They obviously do, but uh, it it did seem like you said there were a lot of ill-advised passes. Um, guys not really knowing what to do with the puck and that ice quality might have also played a role. So just really, really sloppy looking overtime period to me and nobody scored. So the game yeah. ends in a tie and uh, for national relevance, it is a tie. They did play a shootout. Um, the, the guys UMass sent up for a shootout were very interesting to us. The three were Scott Morrow, Tyson Dick and Lucas Mercury, um, not probably the three that we would have chose off the off the top of our mind but um those are the three that UMass went with none of them scored and AIC won and I have won in air quotes in the shootout uh but the game was technically a tie yeah and I mean again like I'm wearing a t-shirt right now that's just settled down okay and I think like I wasn't even for the purpose of the podcast but it's starting like the more that I'm reflecting about it in my mind it starts to make a little bit more sense like again very inexperienced team you know we're bringing a lot of new guys we just we just gotta relax like I was I don't want to say I was upset after last night because I wasn't 100% sure what to expect I knew it was gonna be a tough game but I think kind of looking like I slept on it you know what I mean like obviously the car ride back we were kind of thinking about it and we had our own thoughts in the moment but at least for me I don't want to speak on you Cameron but at least for me I think there was enough positives to take away that I think that it's it's an encouraging sign for the future, especially knowing that we're still going to get two defensemen back most likely at some point throughout the season who are going to be big-time contributors. And I think the offense is going to just slowly develop and get better and better as the season goes on. Like, right now we're rocking, a, we're rocking a fourth line with all freshmen, guys that have never played together before, that have never played NCAA hockey before, playing against grown-ass men. Like, this is a completely different world for these guys. It's going to take a little bit of time but they're going to get there because that's the type of players that we have on our team. They're all NHL draft picks. They all have a very bright future ahead of them. They just got to take some time out and work a little bit. You know what I mean? And I think everything's going to eventually fall into place. Yeah. I'm not too, too stressed about the outcome of this one. Obviously we hope for better in the first game of the season against an opponent that you have beat in the past and you believe that you could beat. I did take a lot of positives out of this one. Luke Pavis just looked great. Obviously <sighs> we'll talk about him a little bit more later. Um, like you said, the defense, they're they're de- shorthanded a little bit. Going to have some guys come back, so that should be good. Um, we're able to score a few goals. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to touch on: people are giving a lot of credit to to AIC in this one, and I I get it. They're very well coached. They have a, a good track record the last couple of years, making the tournament, having a solid team. We touched upon it in our in our pre preview episode, though they uh, are not the same team that they were for the last couple of years. Their top mm-hmm. eight scorers were gone. Uh, their starting goaltender was gone. Uh, the goalie that played last night, or what we recorded this on Sunday, so last night, um, he didn't play last year. So he, he didn't really have much experience, not even as much as Pavisic does. So uh, we'll see how their season shapes out, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go ahead and say we lost to a great team last night. That's my one no. my one qualm with how uh, this game is kind of being taken. Yeah, they 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 what split a series against Alaska Fairbanks, which yeah. I wouldn't really call them the uh, the pinnacle of NCAA hockey in in any stretch of the imagination. So we we definitely have a way to go. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be 
I think this is going to be a game that we're going to look back on and say, all right, like that was an important game to kind of figure out like where we're at right now. And I think, you know, I'm going to be honest and I don't want to talk about the next series too much, but I think the Denver series is going to be a tough one. You know what I mean? Like we need to really play better than we did last night in order to have a, have a shot against, against Denver because they are currently the reigning champions. You know, they're most likely going to be the number one team heading into that weekend. So that's going to be a hell of a series to try and get some points from, you know what I mean? Well, not, not actual points, but pairwise points, if you will, you know, at the conference, you get the idea some record, you know, wins and losses in there, obviously not losses, but wins, you know what I mean? But we, we are definitely hoping for, for things to go better in that series. But if we, if we play with the kind of lack of intensity that we did in that second period, it's going to be a long season. But I think if we play like we can in those bright spots from the beginning of the first and the end of the third, it's going to be a pretty solid season, I think. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends what what type of team we're going to see throughout the whole season, if that consistency can really kind of find a place in this team. Right, and with how young this team is, it uh, I think desperation, the word that Coach Carville uses, is important. This team's going to um, – not necessarily going to win a bunch of games on its skill alone. It's going to need to be that scrappy – Mm-hmm. Um, that scrappy type of game that we know UMass hockey has played over the last few years. 100%. So, uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to hit on for the game before we jump into our awards? Um, not really. I mean, I guess the one shout-out I think I'll give, because I feel like we didn't really talk about him much this episode, and we're not most likely going to talk about him in, in the awards section. I'd say Elliot McDermott. I think he played a pretty solid game. Um kind of filling in that that Bollinger role as like a more experienced guy that kind of is going to anchor that first line next tomorrow. I think he he played pretty solid. You know, he threw the body quite well. I think he played very solidly, you know, defensively and positionally. So I don't really think he kind of got a love from us, a lot of love from us this episode. And I don't know, I kind of just wanted to point him out. I think he had a pretty solid game that I think kind of flew under the radar because he didn't really have any like crazy, you know, sexy offensive zone moves like Morrow or somebody did like that. You know what I mean? So I think he just played a very positionally solid defensive game that not a lot of people may have immediately noticed. And I just wanted to kind of recognize that. Yeah. And he, uh, he shouldered a lot of minutes too, which was, mm-hmm. was pretty big with how, uh, how little experience there is in that defensive course. So yeah, shout out to McDermott. He played pretty well yesterday. All right, so uh, we will hop into awards, uh, and we'll give you a little refresher for the people who didn't listen last year on our award structure. So uh, we're going to give out CCC, which is Carvel's Character and Compete Award. Uh, not necessarily the player of the game, but the, the, the player that most exemplified uh, everything that UMass is about. Um, we'll also do the Good Try UMass Award, somebody that, uh, that we'd like to see with a little bit of improvement for the next game. And then we usually do one custom award, but this year we are each doing our own custom award. So we'll have two, uh, which will be pretty fun once we get there. But the first one that we always give out, the CCC Carvel's Character and Compete Award, and we are giving it today to Scott Morrow. We thought he played really well yesterday, if you want to dive in on him. Yeah, I mean, just his work in the offensive zone was really solid. It seemed like a lot of the chances that we made that especially kind of centered around moves along the blue line were through him um again just really shifty skating um but not even just in the offensive zone I think he made a lot of plays happen on the rush as well like he would kind of get the puck in in our own defensive zone and just skate it up himself through the neutral zone and he was just making guys miss like they were trying to hit him they were trying to lift his stick 
none of that was affecting him. He was literally skating through the defensive pairing through them, like going in between the two defensemen, not even trying to go around, you know, to the outside. He was skating right through the middle and had a fairly decent success rate. Like he got a couple shots on that I think required some pretty solid saves. So he was definitely doing his thing, generating offensive chances. And quite frankly, that's going to be his main role this year for the most part. Like that's kind of going to be the niche that he fills in. So if he continues to do that and he's continuing to make plays and get assists like he did last night, I think it's going to be a very solid season for him. And I think we're all going to benefit as a result. Yeah. And uh, he was phenomenal last year in his freshman year. There was a few things that we wanted him to work on coming into this year. Um, one of them was kind of the defensive awareness. Uh, he, he did get himself a couple of good try UMass awards last year because of that fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't see anything yesterday that um, made us upset in the same way yesterday. And another thing that we wanted to see a little more of him was speed. And he did look a little quicker out there from what we Definitely. remember. So uh, everything that we saw yesterday, good signs for Moro. And we just want to keep seeing more of that as the year goes on. Yeah. And just to, just to bring up, yeah. Cause you actually have a really good point about his defensive play. He had a couple of really solid clearances out from in front of the net. Um, I remember one specific point, like he, there was a guy down in the corner and basically just sent, tried to center it right in the high slot. And he got his stick on the puck, like on his backhand with probably the quickest backhand forehand move I'd ever seen in my life. He just cleared it right out in maybe half a second. Like those are some of the quickest hands I'd ever seen in an NCAA game ever. So just kind of knowing that some of his offensive, you know, hands and ability like that can translate into a lot of defensive success. I thought was really awesome because he played his part, you know, he was playing really well positionally, you know, cutting out the passing lanes and having quick hands like that to get the puck out, I thought was really solid. So just wanted to commend him on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second award that we give out is the Good Try UMass Award. Uh, for years, those of you who don't understand the reference, um, Good Try UMass was tweeted out by the official UMass Twitter account after UMass had lost to BU last year. And uh, it was maybe the tweet of the year. It got quite a bit of traction uh, for everybody, quite the meme. But uh, yeah, that's how that's what we use to describe the player who we want to see a little bit more improvement from. Um, and we'll just say this once at the beginning of the year, we don't we don't like to harp on players on UMass, especially we we understand they're college kids. They're in a developmental phase of their career. Like we're not trying to be a detriment to somebody or, or trash on somebody or something like that. It's just we watch every game. We, we see the ups and the downs and we just kind of want to um, point out a player who we might have a little more expectations for like we see that skill and we want them to uh, be a little bit better with it. Um, and the guy that we are unfortunately giving the good try UMass award to for this game is Kennedy O'Connor. Um, Evan mentioned it when talking about the two AIC goals, he kind of got caught um, in a tough position on the first one. He's on the ice for the second one. Um, we're kind of, kind of grasping at straws a little bit, but uh, it was just kind of, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and, and didn't didn't get the job done. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a super unfortunate circumstance. Just kind of like he's, he's a freshman, you know what I mean? And especially kind of feels bad kind of going on the Springfield native. Like that, that's a little tough, yeah. you know what I mean? But realistically, I mean, it was just being on the ice for both goals against and, you know, that both goals kind of came from your area of responsibility, if you will, kind of on the defensive end it's just not a great look. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to have better stick positioning and just overall be more of a, more of a detriment to the opposing team. And it seemed like instead of kind of actively trying to make defensive plays, he was kind of just, just there, you know, and 
wasn't really having an active stick trying to make the best possible play. So you got to remember, we're coming from two guys that have never played organized hockey before. <laughs> maybe things were, you know, maybe, you know, different things could be said if there was some crazy hockey analyst checking the stuff out. But just from the eye test of two pretty dedicated UMass hockey fans, it didn't seem like the, uh, the best of nights for Kennedy O'Connor. Right. And it's, it's not the end of the world, right? Like he's getting more minutes than was expected to start the season with, yep. with the injuries and stuff like that. Usually freshmen, they have more of a graduated increase in their mm-hmm. load. So not the end of the world. Um, we're not upset with him in the slightest. Just no. hope to see just a little bit, a little bit better in those situations as the season progresses. Of course. Um, all right. So now we'll move on to our custom awards. We're each going to give one out this year. We're pretty excited about Evan. Why don't you share your your first the first custom award? All right, I gotta say, little little excited on the word play here. So last, so this is gonna be this is gonna be a, a pretty long explanation. So bear with me. So yesterday we had the UMass football game, Pride Day, right? You know they had they were honoring the Stonewall Center and everything like that for all their wonderful contributions to all the LGBTQ plus uh, stuff going on around campus for support and everything like that. I'm giving Luke Pavicic the Stonewall Award because I think he was playing like an absolute Stonewall in net there. I think he was really doing his thing, um, just making really, really clutch saves whenever it was needed. I think he came up huge in that overtime period. He had a couple of really solid saves in the third, you know, just trying to really like we wouldn't have been in that game if it wasn't for him. You know, he, he had two goals against, but I think his save percentage was like a 930 at the end of it because we had like 30 something shots against like he, he had a really, you know, good amount of shots against and he really honestly blew away my expectations. Just, you know, again, that was one of the massive storylines heading into the season. And especially after he let in, I think it was two goals on two shots in the exhibition. And obviously Carvel and the other coaches saw, saw something in him. You know, he was really doing his thing in practice because he ended up earning the starting spot in the first night, even though to most people that watch the exhibition, I bet you 90% of those people were on the Cole Brady train because, you know, he didn't let in anything. And I was off of like 11, 12 shots in the third period. So just looking at the stat sheet alone, you could obviously tell a very different story, but they roll with Pavisic and we got rewarded. I think, I think he played very well for, you know, what he kind of had in front of him that game because there was a couple of really solid scoring opportunities that he shut the door on and was a stone wall that game. So if, I don't know, if people think that's a little insensitive, don't, don't kill me, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I think he played it great. Um, kind of a, a look into the coaching coaches heads a little bit. Um, like you said, he didn't play amazingly in the exhibition and still got the nod. So it kind of leads you to believe that um, Pavisic was their guy and they kind of got rewarded for it he played great made a lot of saves 30 plus um, one thing I did notice uh, I'm not sure if it'll translate to his game as the season goes on but a lot of desperation attempts mm-hmm. um, obviously some some really quality shots at AIC but it seems like he was kind of rolling the ground around the ground a lot I'm not sure if we'll see more of that or less of that as it goes on but uh, if he if he puts up the state percentage that he did last night, then I have no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, hundred percent. And just kind of you know a little little self pat on the back here. I thought it was really cool that I'm just saying I I said he was going to be the guy to start the season, and that was with no prior knowledge. I was thinking that he you know it was going to be his net until he loses it, and I don't think he lost it at all after that performance. I think they're still going to roll with him at least going into the Denver game. We'll see what happens after the first game because Carvel was saying after the game yesterday, you know it's going to be a really 
kind of, you know, day-to-day thing on the goalies. It's just going to be, you know, whatever we're, we're rocking with after practice that day, that's where we're going to go with. But I think he has to get the starting nod next game after the performance uh, last night. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. We might see, yeah, we might see a split next weekend, but uh, definitely more confidence in Pavisic going forward for sure. 100%. All right. Now it's time for my custom award, and I am going with the first class award. Uh, when you're flying a plane, you get upgraded. You go to first class. That is what happened to um, Reed Lebster and Cal Keefuke and uh, in association, Josh Nodler, who uh, the transfer was here this year. Those guys all got upgraded to the first line um, and they delivered specifically Nodler and Lebster. They're the two that got the two goals last night. Um, two guys who there's kind of a lot of weight on their shoulders with uh, the entire first line of Trevino, um, Garrett Waite, and Josh Lopina being gone, a lot of a lot of weight on their shoulders, and uh, it's a heavy load to carry. And so far, so good. They two goals from that line. So, um, like what I've seen so far from that line. Yeah, no, they were definitely doing their thing. Um, gotta definitely give it up for Nodler. I think he played a lot better than I expected, especially for a guy that was, you know, again coming over as a transfer. You know, we've had mixed success with our transfers. I'd say recently. You know, mm-hmm. we had couple of guys like Pritch, who was an absolute beast, Carson Gusevich, absolute beast. But then we've had other guys that I'm not going to call out names for this one. If you know, you know, you know, I think that's what the cool kids are saying nowadays. But um, yeah, Nodler, I think really, really impressed. I think we looked again, another kind of underrated part of the box score that I feel like people don't actually look at a lot is the faceoffs. Um, Nodler, I mean, actually in this game, now that I'm looking at it, he was not he was actually under 50% on faceoffs. Eric Faith popped off on faceoffs, just tossing it out there. So as a team, looked really good on faceoffs, but it actually wasn't Nodler's best night on a on the faceoff game. So might want to retract that point a little bit after further review. But um, yeah, overall he still played really solid offensively. I think he was working down the corners very solidly. Um, and obviously that goal, you know, really solid goal for him as well. So you re- can never knock that. And Lebster's Lebster, you know, I I have him pegged as the uh, going to be the forward of the season. So I'm hoping that his you know goal scoring abilities just continue on for the rest of the season yeah absolutely um that was anything else that you wanted to touch on in this game any more players to highlight i think we might have covered everything yeah i think i think we had a pretty pretty holistic view of that game in this episode cool so uh yeah that was umass versus aic opening night final score two to two tie in overtime Our next games will be next weekend against Denver, Friday and Saturday, both at seven, both at Mullen Center. Going to be a pretty rowdy crowd, at least on Friday night. Hopefully Saturday, too. We're going to be raising the Hockey East Champions banner, which will be nice. Not as as cool as raising the National Championship banner, but should be celebrated nonetheless. Um, And the defending National Champions themselves are coming into Mullen. So uh, all things considered should be very fun. We know it's Coach Carvel's most anticipated games of the season he, that's what he told us in our, our interview with him a few weeks back so should be fun we'll have our uh arena review of mass mutual center coming out for you guys soon and then uh we'll look forward to the series preview against denver should be fun 100 i'm totally ready for that series and yeah i'm really excited to actually talk about the uh the mass mutual center review that's going to be a really fun episode so looking forward to it absolutely thank you guys for listening so excited to have more of these game and series recaps as we go on this season having a full season under our belt this time is going to be awesome so uh thank you for being along for the ride and we're going to keep delivering for you guys i hope so uh go umass everybody go umass take care everybody